Today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody and I am your host. So honored that you are here. On Wednesdays, we have throwback episodes from our previous show, and this is a super cool interview with Timothy Winger, the founder of The Man Effect. Does that name just not have weight to it? The Man Effect. So he travels around the world and interviews men and women on the topic of masculinity. As you can imagine, the diversity in those responses to his questions, just insane. He shares with us about that today. And we also talk about how to take your creative idea and do something with it. Not just think, oh, one day this, but actually take action. So kind of ironic, this was actually episode 41 from my last show. And guess what? guess what? It's episode 41 today too on the new show. You know, you just got to find ways to be entertained doing podcasting. So I find joy in the small things, but I'm going to go ahead and just launch this episode. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes. You know the drill. Wherever you listen to podcasts, hit that subscribe button and you know what I'm going to ask next. Leave us an honest review if you have a second. All right, let's get into this episode with Timothy I've been kind of on a kick lately ever since our previous guest, Terry Weaver, had said to me, Heather, create what you need. I have been thinking about that so much lately and just asking more authentic questions to people, not just on the podcast, but just in life of where people are at, where they got their ideas from, how they pursued their goals, like concrete, real stuff, because that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, how do you shift from, I have this awesome idea, I have this goal, I have this vision, into actionable steps every single day? And how do you keep yourself focused and in the game when it's super easy to quit and to give up? And we dig into that today in today's episode. We talk about where Timothy got his first inspiration and asked himself, why am I just sitting here watching other people do cool things? Why am I not out there doing stuff? What pushed him to get outside of his comfort zone as an introvert and go literally all over the country interviewing hundreds of people asking them this question. If you are a creative, if you're someone who is just standing on the line right there between, I have this awesome idea, but uh, should I do it? This episode is for you. And we also dig into the subject of masculinity and the role of a man. So let's just go ahead and get started with Timothy Winger. So the Man Effect is a project I started years ago to create a resource for men and women, I guess, trying to, to define what it means to be a man. And so as a photographer, go out and interview people and 
kind of in a journalistic perspective, ask them what, what they believe it means to be a man. And then I just document it for the internet world to see. I like how you say it super casually. It's actually a really huge project that you've taken on because you've literally traveled all over the country doing this, haven't you? In the world, yeah. In the world? Wow, where have you gone? I've done Denmark and stuff too, and I'm, I'm hoping to do some other countries here this year. So what gave you the idea to, um, to kind of go about it in that way? You know, I was watching an interview between a guy named Chase Jarvis, and I don't remember the other guy's name, but he's the dude who started Humans in New York. And I was watching them, and I was like, man, these guys are just humans. They're no different than I am. Why am I just watching them do cool stuff? Oh, I just decided that it was my turn to try. Pretty much that was like, that was a big point for me. I was just like, I'm doing this. So why that subject, though? Because when I was looking for resources and stuff to help me trying to find answers to my questions, I, I couldn't find anything that was beyond how to chop wood or how to dress as a man. They were all very surface level. And I was looking for attributes and core values. That's what I was, I was trying to find. Like, is a man supposed to be integrous? Is he supposed to be um, trustworthy? And, and why? Why, why, why do we assume that that's what a man should be? And so that, that was what I was looking for. And I couldn't find that on the internet. So I kind of want to highlight that because essentially you created what you needed. Exactly. And how many men have you interviewed? Well, I've interviewed men and women because um, I believe women have a perspective of what it means to be a man as well. But I've interviewed over 300 people. I don't have a solid count. <laughs> yeah. But um, I should. I should. It's been really interesting. I used to do a lot, a lot of quantity. I used to be like, I'm not going to go to sleep till I interview someone today. So at least one person a day. I did that for over a half a year. Like I would go drive around until I saw someone I would interview. But that like, that really wore me out. And so now I'm more into um, taking my time and finding people to interview and really diving in with them on the mm. subject. And so my interview process has evolved as the project has as well. So what do you ask them? So now I have a list of 10 questions or 11 questions um, that I ask every single person. And I sat down a recorder in between us and I, I just uh, talk with them. So it's things like, when was a moment in life that you felt most masculine? To um, one of my favorites is... Uh, if you were to describe masculinity to an alien, someone not from our solar system, how would you do that? What's really interesting about that question, though, is it's my ninja way of provoking people to realize that a lot of what we perceive as masculine is actually socially constructed. And so then it really messes with your brain when you try to answer this, because if you're trying to explain masculinity to someone who doesn't get our culture, it's really hard, like really hard. Um, you, you, you almost have to start on a biological level. And even then, it's still kind of vague after that point. So here's my question to you. You started off a few years ago with this question of, you know, what does it really mean to be a man? And you've interviewed hundreds of people now, been all over. Do you feel like you have an answer? I don't. I think I just have deep, deeper questions now, which is wow. how I like life. I like harder questions. Um, but I do feel that there are attributes and um, values that I see as a consistent um, 
line of thought throughout the participants. So a lot of people are, they think a man should be integrous or they think a man should be honest or they think a man should be faithful or, or safe. There's a lot of these, these things, these core values that people have and they say them in different ways and they package them in different avenues. But a lot of them are saying the same thing. And uh, I find that really interesting. And I've, I've really enjoyed being able to observe that um, across mm-hmm. the board. So if you could say the most common response, no matter how it's worded, what would it be? Safe, integrous, um, or integrity. There's a lot to do with stability, too. And they, they say it in different ways. But a lot of people find someone that they perceive as masculine as a stable figure in their, their life someone they can trust it on. Uh, and that's been really interesting to see too. So, so when you first started, um, your idea, I, I know you didn't know exactly, but maybe the little bit that you did understand about masculinity, how has it shifted or changed over the past few years through this process, like your own view of it? It's definitely evolved a thousand percent. Um, when you focus on something and when you, put mental effort behind it. It develops and grows just own. But when you force yourself to have deep um, conversations with other people about their beliefs and their, their perspectives on things, it, it just changes you. Um, so like I was out on the street. I don't know if I told you this story or not, but uh, I'm out there. And kind of it's in the farmer's market area of Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, I see this older gentleman sitting on a like a flower thing. I don't know what it's called, you know? And I'm just like, I don't know if he's homeless or if he's a cook. I can't tell. But I just go up and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm doing this project where I interview people and ask them about masculinity and then I just take their portrait. I was wondering if you had a moment. And he's like, yeah, sure, what's up? And so I, I, I ask him, I'm just like, so the same question I ask everyone is, uh, if you were to describe what it means to be a man in one word, what would it be and why? And he's like, oh, okay, give me a minute. So he just kind of like sits there and starts thinking. So I act nervously and just hang out on my phone so he doesn't think I'm just sitting there staring at him. And uh, when I look up, all of a sudden I see these tears running down his face, right? And I'm just like, what's going on? And... Uh, he looks up at me and he's like, he's like, I, I can't answer your question. And it's like, why is that? He's like, because I'm not a man. He's like, I've lost my wife and my kids to the bottle. And he's like, I can't answer your question. I'm so sorry. And it was just like in this moment, this man engaged with his heart with a random stranger uh, in such a powerful way. I mean, that... I just sat down next to him. I was like, dude, you don't need to answer this. Like, I can, I'm not worried about that. Like, thank you so much for being transparent with me. And uh, we just kind of like just sat there. And uh, that really inspired me though. You know, like, I don't really know how to articulate what, what it changed in me. But the fact that this random guy just like engaged with his heart in the middle of public yeah, it just inspired me to be a man who engages with my heart, you know, in a different way. That's powerful. I don't think we stop and actually have like real authentic conversations. And like the other day I asked someone um, just a simple question. I think it was, what do you, what's your dream? What do you want to do with your life? And they told me, and they were in their thirties and they said, no one's ever asked me that before. 
And to me, that's just really? like a really simple question. And they were like taken aback, like, whoa, whoa, no one's ever asked me that before. And it, it made me realize, like, do we just not talk to each other? Like, do people just not, I don't know, what's your perspective on that? Or people seem shocked when they, when they, you approach them and ask them that kind of question? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting. A lot of people just laugh it off or try to be jovial. And um, that's fine. Like, there's a place for that. Um, but usually a, a very intentional, difficult question pierces through a lot of people's barriers. And so it's like, yeah, like if you're asking, like, when, for, for your example, what's one of your dreams or what are you losing right now due to inaction? Like, some, some, like a question like that will like get through people. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I find it really interesting. Yeah. A lot of people actually want to open up and engage, um, but they don't, they aren't given those opportunities. Is this something you're going to do forever? Kind of what's your end goal? Do you have a certain number of people you're wanting to interview or? That's a, that's a great question. Um, when I started the project, I, I really wanted to do 365 people in one year. You know, I wanted to do one person a day and I burned them I just couldn't handle it. I'm kind of a high introvert, and so like talking to that many people drove me insane. You know, I love them. I was just very emotionally draining. But what's been really enjoyable about the process is that my project has taken a life of its own. It's impacted me deeply, mm-hmm. um, and so I've just kind of let it grow and do what it wants. Um, and then I do have dreams of, you know, down the road, using the photographs and um, doing speaking events in review of what I've collected and doing art shows where people can come in and take a little, like, uh, Polaroid-sized card or photo home with them of their favorite picture. So, like, I want to do art shows. I want to do speaking. I'd love to make it into a book one day. So that's all down the road. I'm going to continue taking uh, portraits. I'm currently pursuing better interviews like personally i want to get deeper with people and i want to get better at my photography and so because this is my craft just, yeah i've been talking to a mentor and he's been really helping me with my, my photography and so i've been trying to get better at that too kind of stepping away from the the project itself and just talking like from a creation standpoint what has been the hardest part for you as a creator in keeping this project alive and producing this Staying inspired. So, like, initially, I like I loved hitting hitting the streets, talking to random people, getting getting them involved, and, and then it, it just became painful and way too hard for me. And so, I, I've been really learning through this process to be self-aware of where my inspirations lie. I, I took you know, six months to a year off almost from taking photographs and just wrote blogs and just built the online presence and stuff like that. And then I jumped back into interviews and I was just falling in love with that again in a different way. So it's been a lot for me, it's been learning how and where I am inspired and just honoring that and just going with it Um, instead of forcing myself to do something that I don't want to do just because I said I was going to do it two years ago or three years ago. I'm I'm not sure if that makes sense, but no, it does. It's been really interesting for me to just allow my passion and my desire 
for this project to be like a tree that is growing slowly and just changing in form and just respecting that. What an awesome analogy. I love that. What about, because I get this question all the time. In fact, right before this interview, I was on the phone with somebody and they asked me this question. I'd love to hear your response. Um, I hear the question, where do I start? I think more than anything else. You know, mm. people who are wanting to start either a project or a business or whatever idea that they have. When you had the initial idea, when you saw Chase Jarvis in that interview and you kind of had a spark of inspiration, where did you start and how? For me, I usually don't do something unless I'm financially invested most of the time. So what I did when I started is I was like, I'm going to do this series. I'm going to interview all these people and do these awesome portraits, but I need a good camera. So I did all this research and spent more than I ever had on equipment. That forced me to get through my initial fear of talking to people. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, so I, I researched for a while. It probably took two to three months before I actually pulled the trigger um, and just let it mull in my brain. I started my project with my friends and my family, like shot my first, first photo of myself. Like I can't start this without taking a photo of myself first. And then the second person I did was my dad. I interviewed my dad next. Um, and then from that point, it was just all friends and family till I exhausted that. Essentially, I just started in my comfort zone. Well, still two or three months is fairly fast because I know people who sit on an idea for a year or two or three or four and so on. So kind of what, as an, you know, somebody who's introverted, how did you, I guess, still push it to two or three months and get out there and do it? Was it the financial investment? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think I was at a point too in my life where I was sick of having dreams and not taking action. And so I was just like, I have all these ideas, I have all these dreams, and I'm just sitting at home watching Netflix or, and going to work. Like, this is so lame. Like, I want to actually do something. And so I was just like, I'm going to pick one thing and I'm just going to stick with it. Because I, just, I had started a bunch of little things and they'd all died miserably. I guess my level of frustration and pain became greater than um, my desire for comfort. Essentially. Mm. So um, pushed me to that point of commitment. And then once I found out I loved it and like, it was a really cool challenge. Like I like the challenge. I don't know about you. When challenge is at my front door, I seem to learn a lot more and enjoy life a lot more. Yeah. Even though there's a lot more stress and struggle too at the same time. I guess if I were to say, you know, in 10 years, five years, the man effect is going to be a success. What do you picture in your mind? Like your, your version of what this would look like as a successful project. What is that? You remember when the whole ice bucket challenge? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to challenge you to do this. And it was kind of ridiculous, but it just took over the internet. Yeah. I would really love for people to do like a, a hashtag man effect question, right? And they post mm -hmm. a self-portrait of themselves with the word they chose and why they chose it. Because I can't interview everyone in the world. Like, sure. But I do want everyone to ask it. But I would love, I would love to travel and speak on this and like be able to use the photos I've had as content um, and just to really provoke people and just an avenue to really provoke men to engage with their hearts. That's really what I want. 
Why do you think that men struggle with that? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many factors. A really big one, though, that I see is a lot of men are actually engaged with their emotions, but you, they, they don't have the vocabulary uh, to articulate what's going on. And so then everything gets attributed to anger because that's the only one that we know how to talk about or express. That's, that's a huge one. So just like, just even knowing like, oh, I feel really tender right now. I'm not angry. I just feel really tender or I'm sad. Little things like that are life-changing for a lot of men to just be able to say that, know what it is and be okay with it. Like, that's insane. That holds a lot of men back from engaging with their heart. There's just a lot of fear around it too. And cultural bullshit. There's all these weird perceptions that everyone thinks culture says they have to do. And yet when you ask people, when I've gone out and asked people what they actually think it means to be a man, it has nothing to do with the machoism bullshit that exists mm-hmm. in our brain. And if you want to be that type A piece of shit salesman who just uses women, then go read the red pill thread. But other than that, the rest of us actually want to have emotions and um, actually care about humanity. So That's powerful. So, you know, you know, I'm going to ask you this, I'm sure, but how, if you had to define masculinity, explain it to an alien, what would you say right now? Well, when I interviewed myself, the, the, the word that I used, authentic. I still still hold to that word, which is interesting to me because um, a lot of people's words have changed over the years as I've been around people later and they're like, oh, my word would be different now. For me, outside of biologically explaining to an alien what it means to be a man, um, I, would, I would give them an example of men who were authentic with themselves and with those around them uh, it, I, would, I would probably pull out stories from history um, of men who held to their values and paid a lot to, to remain authentic, um, left a legacy doing that. Essentially, the, the fruits of a man being authentic or being a healthy man in a, lot of, in a lot of realities is that he gains the respect of those around him. And so if you can find someone who society respects you can usually find someone who's what would fit into the parameters of a man. So what about, what about like your father? What did he think about you starting this project? What was his response to that? Oh, I'm sure initially he's just like, why did you want to take a photo of me? Probably super uncomfortable. My dad's kind of an old grumpy individual. And he probably just thought it was just another whimsical thing I was doing. Honestly, it was still really good to interview him. Back then I only asked one question too. So it was pretty short interaction what do you say I'm, i don't actually remember i think he used integrity integrity so, yeah yeah he's interesting <laughs> but so were there any men in your life who i guess kind of took you was it your dad or someone else who kind of took you under their wing and you've really attribute a lot to and you kind of use it as, as an example of a man or do you feel like you have that no yeah i don't um my father's dad, so my grandpa, died when he was 13. Um, and then his, his mother went into a deep depression, and he essentially raised himself mm-hmm. from that point on, and then joined the military to go to Vietnam to die. That was his suicide. Didn't hug his mom when he left, nothing. Like, he went there to die. Yeah. And uh, 
he ended up getting shot in the knee. He was a helicopter gunner. Anyway, so my dad's pretty messed up and emotionally. Um, so he, he was a great example of work hard um, and provide for your family and have integrity. Um, and some other attributes, but emotionally he just wasn't wasn't present. And being I'm the youngest of four, I didn't really have a lot of uh, attention from from family members. I was just kind of the younger brother who just existed. So I don't feel like I got a lot of influence from my father um, outside of just observation. So I love books. That's something that's been huge to me. I've just I'm huge. I listen to podcasts. I've listened to podcasts since I was like, I don't know, 14, 16. So I guess like I'm really interested by that because um, I think people struggle with what it means to be a man or a woman or I know for me when I got married, it was super hard because I was like, I don't even know what it means to be like married, like a wife or anything like that because I never saw anything that was healthy and people, you know, we use our own experiences as a reference point or a map, I guess, of how we're supposed to behave. And when you come from a place where some people to the extreme of like abuse and, you know, all the way to the other end of just disengagement and it's not a, a good example. I mean, what would you tell a group of or a generation of young men who may not have a good example of what it means to be a man? How can they discover what that means in a healthy way? Like when they have no reference point, no role model. Yeah. Yeah. That's, everyone has access to the internet. At, at this point so you can watch youtube videos you can listen to podcasts you can read books and just just seeking out and finding someone who inspires you and provokes you to be a better man or person just in general is a great place to start but yes yeah, yeah a lot of people i think believe that these mentors or father figures need to be alive or they need to be in their life and even though that might be true and might be comfortable, it's not necessary, unfortunately, and probably won't happen. Yeah. And if it does, you've gotten lucky. Um, I remember since I was like 13, I wanted someone to mention me and no one has ever taken interest in me um, on that level. And so I've just pursued reading and finding inspiration um, and just asking questions. You said you've interviewed women. So how are the responses? Are they, are they different? Are they kind of the same? Actually, mostly the same. Yeah. And most, most women and most men too, but more predominantly women, when they answer this question, they have a hard time answering it if they don't have a, uh, masculine figure in their life a strong one so it's either they're like well okay well my dad was really that's the, that's the word i'm going to choose or my grandpa was this or my uncle um it's it's always there's always a reference point of someone who impacted their life that's who helps define masculinity for them it's a lot more clear for them uh with, with men that happens sometimes but for women it, it, it seems to be a lot more clear in my observation but most people felt uncomfortable when I asked them initially, but I was like, you know what? You have just as much of an opinion as men do of what it means to be a man. And that's why I'm asking you. Maybe what is one question that you have about 
masculinity that hasn't been answered yet? It's a pressing question for you that you just don't know. Yeah, why is it undefinable in the sense that no one has been able to fully quantify it for me. People have seem to have a good perspective on one spectrum of it, um, but as a whole, I have yet to meet someone who is like, this right here, this fully is what it means to be a man. So. Well, before we ask the last question, I just want to thank you for showing up in the world and giving this gift to us because I know there's a lot of people who have pressing questions, but they're not necessarily going to put themselves out in their lawn, their time and their money and their hearts to, you know, create what they need. Um, that's something really special about you and I love it. Um, is there, you know, a way people can reach out to you? I know you have your Facebook page. What's your website? How can people connect with you? My website is probably the best way to just hang out. Um, I send out weekly emails with blogs and some other updates sometimes. Um, but it's just themanifest.com. Facebook is as well. I'm trying to get back on Facebook. Uh, I'm always looking for people to submit guest blogs and yeah. connect with their uncle in the same part of the country that I'm in at that point. So um, I'm always pursuing leads and stuff like that as well. I love it. And your photographs are sick. So incredible, incredible work. And the last question is, um, again, kind of back to the creator viewpoint. Um, the entire reason for this podcast is to hopefully inspire people who have ideas to do something with it. So I think mm -hmm. the world would be a different place if people just did what they wanted to do and created something and answered questions that they had. <laughs> I think it would look a completely different um, so what would you tell a group of people who may be listening, who are hesitating on that idea, their own project, whatever that is, what would you tell them to hopefully inspire them to action? Yeah. I would ask them, what is it costing them to not take action? Honestly, if, if I just sat there and thought about my project, let it mull over for the last three years that I've been working on it, a little over four years, three and a half years, if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't taken action, I wouldn't have found as much joy in my life. I wouldn't have found out who I was on so many levels. Like the amount of self-discovery that I've incurred through doing this is insane. Like in my mind, if I hadn't taken action, if I hadn't done this, it would have cost me everything. Um, like wow. I would probably still be working a job I hate. I would probably be very, very depressed. Um, and I wouldn't have had as rich of an experience of life in the last three to five years. So it's, it's impacted me deeply to take action, even though it's been extremely uncomfortable in many points. I would say if you have a dream and you don't like where you're at, what is it going to cost you if you change nothing? Like in 10 years from now, if you don't do shit, where will you be? Will you hate your life? Will you be pushing your friends away because you're depressed and you don't want to get out of bed? Will you be an alcoholic? Will you be a drug addict? Um, will you be alive even? And uh, I, I think it's really good to see the, the fruits of if you don't do something. That's powerful. I think people are so worried about the way their art, and I use that term loosely, their contribution is perceived by other people. They're so worried about that aspect of it that it completely cripples them from 
that fulfillment that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's good. You know why? Because it's showing you that you're insecure and it's giving you an opportunity for growth. And it's like, I heard someone put it, perfectionism is just another form of shame. Um, it's a way we hold ourselves back. As an artist, I hate, still despise most of my photos. And I don't want them on the internet because I'm like, oh, I could have put the light here and could have done this differently and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, the reality is, is like, just got to put the reps in and I got to get through my insecurities and just face them. And don't let shame and fear stop me. And that's it. Big thank you to Timothy with TheManEffect.com. All of the links are in the show notes. We have some really good show notes this week. Be sure to check that out. And if you have not yet, please head over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. I'll see you guys next week.